talked about tonight, the importance of this ministry uh, can't be uh, overstated. And so I want you to uh, just take your Bible to the book of um, the book of Mark, if you would. I want to uh, just uh, summarize a couple of things here. Book of Mark, and I want you to look at the last uh, verses, the last verse of the book of Mark in uh, chapter 16, verse 20. And uh, we'll uh, have a word of prayer, and uh, I want to just uh, give you some uh, summarizing passages from the book of Mark concerning the subject that we have just been talking about, the importance of uh, getting uh, the gospel out to the regions beyond and getting churches planted and having a part in that. And in um, Mark chapter 16 and verse 20, it says, They went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Our Heavenly Father, we ask that as we consider for a few moments the opportunities that we have before us as uh, saints to see these kinds of ministries carried forth in places where we'll never be able to go and preach, I pray, Father, that you'd help us recognize our responsibility for our part here where we are and to do better at that. And then help us also, Father, to recognize that the blessings you've blessed us with, the abundance you've provided for us, is not just for us to uh, have to ourselves, to enjoy and to heap up and uh, to, uh, to, uh, to save for our own uh, uh, benefit alone. But, Father, you've blessed us that we might be a blessing. You've helped us that we might be helpers. And so, Father, I pray that all of us would have a greater a sense of our personal responsibility of, uh, of support and giving to these kind of mission endeavors that, that uh, go to places and go to people that we, we may never meet this until we get to glory. And so I ask your blessing, Lord, as we consider a few thoughts tonight uh, as we conclude our time together in your house, and we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. The concept of preaching the gospel, preaching the gospel, the term preach, is used in the Bible about 150 times directly. It's indirectly much more than that. But about 150 times you see some form of the word preach in the Scriptures. It's used extensively in the Old Testament, and it is used more so in the New Testament, the term preach. The modern concept in current culture, Christian culture is the idea of sharing the gospel, sharing the gospel. But the term sharing the gospel appears zero times in the Bible. Um, preaching the gospel appears, as I said, uh, about 150 times. And it's important for us to recognize that the shift to the idea of sharing the gospel from preaching the gospel is subtle, uh, but it is uh, very pervasive. Uh, on the mission field, uh, missionaries have uh, indicated that the concept of modern Christian culture of just sharing the gospel has been uh, difficult for them because uh, their work in foreign fields has the necessity of preaching the gospel from a standpoint of the authority of the scriptures where the concept of sharing the gospel has the idea with it that the person you're sharing with wants to hear it <laughs> but uh, oftentimes the uh, gospel preached is preached to 
a crowd of people or a person that isn't looking for it, doesn't want to hear it. And so it is important that uh, the scripture has uh, pointed out to us the, uh, the use of the term preach the gospel and our responsibility to preach the gospel rather than the concept that some have in some evangelical circles of sharing the gospel. And so uh, I want to just uh, give you, in, by way of a summary, I just took the book of Mark and went through some scriptures that talk about the preaching of the gospel in the book of Mark. And it really it encapsulates what the scripture teaches regarding preaching of the gospel, these, uh, these few passages that we have time for tonight. And I want to just kind of go down and read them from the first part of Mark down through the verse we just read. You know, it's not necessary if you don't want to to turn to each one of them. I'm going to read them respectively. But from the beginning of Mark, chapter 1, verse 38, And he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns, Jesus said, that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. Jesus came preaching the gospel. John the Baptist, his forebearer, his forerunner, uh, the one that prepared the way for him, came preaching the gospel, preaching repentance and faith toward Jesus Christ. And Jesus' purpose was, he said, the reason I came forth, the reason I'm here, is to preach the gospel in the next town, to preach it beyond the borders of our own, uh, our own experience, of our own place in the world. Mark 1 and verse 39 goes on, and he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee. Mark 2 and verse 2, and straightway many were gathered together, and so much as there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. Our Lord Jesus Christ was a preacher of the word. Yes, he taught the word, and he did teach the word. It is important to recognize that. But he preached the word as well. He was a preacher of the word, a preacher of the gospel. In Mark chapter 3, in verse 14, it says it this way, And he ordained the twelve that they should be with him, and that he might send them forth to preach. His purpose was to preach the truth, to preach the word, to preach the gospel. And then he trained the twelve to carry out that commission and and to, to send them forth to preach the gospel as well. And verse 12 of chapter 6, And they went out and preached that men should repent. Uh, fellows, when we're uh, preaching at the jail, when we're preaching at the military ministry, when we're preaching at the, uh, at the senior homes, at the assisted living places, when we're preaching out where we are, we need to include the, uh, the truth of the importance of repentance. For Jesus uh, did not uh, exclude that from his preaching. John the Baptist did not exclude that from his preaching. The disciples did not exclude that from their preaching. They, they went everywhere preaching that men should repent to turn, to be willing to be turned by God to Christ, uh, to turn from the world to the Lord. It, was a, it, was a, it is a, an important aspect of the, of the gospel to recognize people need to turn from something. The gospel isn't just an addition of religion to all the other stuff we already have. The gospel requires a turning away from the old to a turning to the new. 
turning away from the world, the flesh, and the devil, and a turning to Jesus Christ. So they went out and preached that men should repent. In uh, the passage we uh, uh, just read in, in Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, we saw it. He said unto them, Go ye into all the world. It started out, they went to the next towns, started out and followed that. He said he, he, he sent them throughout all Galilee, and then it, he sent them throughout the world. And, and here, go ye into all the world to preach the gospel to every creature. I'm so glad the Bible uh, doesn't make the distinction of uh, some that are mixed up on the biblical doctrines of election and foreknowledge and predestination. Those are all biblical doctrines, but they're not biblically understood by a good number of people. And uh, the idea is preached that uh, the gospel isn't for everyone, but the scripture certainly doesn't teach that. They said uh, to, to preach the gospel to every creature and give them the opportunity to hear. Tonight, if you're here and you have not yet received the, the glorious grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you must come and trust Him as your Savior today. And so they were told uh, to go out and preach the gospel. In, um, uh, in the verse uh, uh, 20 that we read, they went forth and preached everywhere. They were, they were commanded to, and a few verses later we find they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. And so these uh, ministries that you saw here are these uh, families that uh, were sent out by churches like ours to go to places like theirs and to preach the gospel and establish uh, independent Baptist churches and then to train people to do the same thing. That's what's happening. You heard uh, Brother Bossy say that the average number of missionaries supported by these new churches that didn't exist 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, these new churches, the average number of missionaries supported by each one is 30. And the hundreds of churches supporting, uh, helping support 30 missionaries that send the gospel to the world. You can't, uh, you know, we, there's, there's nothing else that, we, that replaces that. We've got to have that, and we've got to have it 10, 100 times more than we have it now. So uh, it, it, is, it, is, uh, it is of the utmost importance that we grasp that truth. In uh, the book of Acts, we see this plan that uh, Jesus has set in place in the Gospels and this concept of preaching the gospel to all the, the creatures, to going out into all the world. We see this plan set in motion when we reach the book of Acts and we find uh, the, the churches being established, then sending out uh, missionaries to establish other churches. And by the uh, time Paul's finished with his ministry of uh, uh, planting churches around the known world at that time, we see the closing days of his life and, uh, and, and hundreds of churches now uh, having, the, uh, uh, ha- having the grace of God upon them and growing and sending out. We see it happening all the way through the ministry of the last apostle John uh, by, by the close of his life that uh, the known world of that day in, in that generation had heard the sound of the gospel. Uh, what a remarkable testimony that is to the fervor and the commitment of uh, that first generation of churches to get the job done. And now for these uh, long, lingering years, we uh, churches have been satisfied with a little bit here and there and and it is incumbent upon us to recognize that there needs to be a stirring, an awakening, a desire to do more than we have done before. And I hope that that is something that all of us want to do. 
You see, preaching the gospel is different than just sharing some ideas. Sharing is about, you know, exchange of ideas, uh, uh, you know, and sitting together and, you know, doing a little study and talking back and forth about who thinks this, about that, what your opinion is about it, and who's my opinion, and that kind of thing. Sharing a little bit and, uh, and so forth. But preaching is more than that. Uh, you and me are called to preach the gospel to every creature. It's not just the preacher's job to be the preacher. <laughs> we all, we're all preachers in one sense or another. And so uh, the idea of getting the gospel out in this fashion of preaching the gospel has the, has the connotation of declaring something, proclaiming something, reasoning, expounding, and applying the truth, calling then for a response. The preaching of the gospel is not contingent upon uh, the attitude of the hearer, it's contingent upon obedience to the command of Christ. And so um, we, have that, we have that call, um, how, how important it is for us to recognize that. I, I, th- I see it even being um, recognized in, in the, you know, we're, we're Bible-believing fundamentalists. We hold the Scriptures high, and we uh, have a very high view of the, of the Bible, the preservation of the Scripture, the importance of preaching, the importance of the local church, the uh, the, uh, the the declarations of uh, Scripture relating to uh, His plan worked out the local church and so forth and and so we're you know we're we're called fundamentalists because we believe the Bible that way, <laughs> uh, but the evangelical world is coming to the place where many in leadership in evangelicalism are recognizing the uh, the lack of uh, of authority that they have given up. By, by uh, setting aside the, the preservation of the scriptures and setting aside some of these doctrines that we hold dear, uh, they're, they're recognizing the weakness of that. And I want to read you something. That's, this is out of Christianity Today, which is a thoroughly neo-evangelical magazine, um, not, not a fundamentalist magazine at all. This, isn't written, this stuff isn't written by somebody that has you know, our point of view on things. It's written uh, from a man that's uh, basically been in the evangelical community all his life. And he loves the Lord. He's saved. He, he, he uh, is a child of God uh, and that. And, uh, but he's, he sees uh, something here, and he's written uh, this article recently. Uh, and he called the, the title of the article was Don't Share It, Proclaim It. <laughs> and I was surprised to see that in a, you know, a new evangelical magazine that uh, typically is all about just sharing and, you know, um, you know, programs and this and that, uh, uh, and social interaction, you know, building hospitals and such like that. All these things are, you know, valuable and of importance, but generally not, not the proclamation of the gospel in the sense we, we see it. But, uh, but he, he writes uh, a lot of uh, a very uh, insightful things in his article, and uh, he, says, uh, he says this. He says, um, uh, throughout the book of Acts, we find repeated examples of authoritative witness, even in the face of suffering from the apostles and the early church. We find them proclaiming the gospel and speaking boldly. We read of them persuading others. We see them reasoning from Scripture, expounding and applying it. Uh, what we don't find them doing is sharing the gospel. And, uh, and then on, the, uh, on down in the article, he says this, we must ask ourselves then whether casual Christianese has influenced the way we view the gospel mandate. Why are we only willing to speak the gospel when we perceive openness on the part of the hearers? Evangelism involves testifying to Christ, 
warning, persuading, defending, pleading, and calling. Such authoritative witness need not be in uh, opposition to gentleness and respect. But sadly, we often value certain relationships more than a clear statement of the truth. Rarely do we engage people with, the, with a sense of authority and urgency. And that's the difference in the, the concept of sharing and the concept of preaching the truth, proclaiming the truth. So uh, get that. As a Christian, as a, as a thoroughly biblical Christian, you want to follow the biblical mandate in that. And you don't want to get caught up in the softness of the culture and the reticence of Christians to speak out for Christ. We need to speak up. And as this evangelical recognizes when we do proclaim the gospel, oftentimes it's not well received and we're not well liked for it. And as he points out here in the, uh, in the latter part of his article, it says that sometimes we're more interested in, in uh, winning friends and influencing people uh, than we are in proclaiming the gospel. So the, the challenge that he gives his evangelical brethren is to, is to act more like a fundamentalist, <laughs> is what he's really saying. He doesn't say that. He wouldn't dare say that, but... Uh, that's really what he's saying. He wants us to, he wants his uh, crowd, his circle of friends to realize that authoritative preaching of the word of God is that what impacts the hearts of persons. It's not the persuasiveness of the speaker, it's the persuasiveness and the power of the word of God when it's believed by people, you know. Uh, the Bible doesn't have any effect when it's not believed, and it especially has no effect when it's not believed by the person that's speaking it or reading it or preaching it. And so it's very important for us to understand that that's what this kind of ministry is about. It's, about, it's not just about the broad idea of let's get more churches of any kind, whatever kind, uh, you know, uh, in, in the culture. We, we've seen them come and go, and we've seen the doors close time and again on such things. <coughs> We're... Social programs can be handled well by people that don't even know Christ. They can be handled fine by that. Hospitals can be built by people that have no idea of the gospel. But, uh, but Christians who know the truth and know Christ, they're the ones that are, uh, are going to be counted on to give the gospel to a waiting world. And so it's up to us. It's incumbent upon us. The opportunity for us to assist in the planning of more independent Baptist churches just is the part of the work that all, all of us are called to do. So um, I conclude with 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 15 where the Apostle Paul says that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. He's writing to the Corinth church there and he's saying, brethren, You've enlarged our opportunities. You've, by your giving, allowed us to be able to go further and preach the gospel to regions that we couldn't have reached had you not uh, helped us. So uh, as we help this uh, ministry and as we uh, carry on the work of, uh, of giving to uh, all of our mission uh, endeavors, uh, God is blessing and carrying the gospel out. But let's not leave it to them. Let's also recognize it's a personal responsibility we have with our neighborhood and our community. I hope that this Saturday is one that will find you all out here with us, uh, giving the gospel out, uh, proclaiming the truth, uh, putting the, the uh, uh, invitations and the gospel tracts in doors and getting it out any way we can in the, in the days ahead. Let's ask the Lord to help us to have a, a, a great uh, 
open house uh, Sunday coming up and a great beginning to our revival meeting. Brother McCracken is excited about being here with us soon. And um, starting off that Sunday, wouldn't it be wonderful to have a great crowd of visitors with us that uh, ha- will be able to hear the gospel procl- proclaimed clearly and plainly, maybe some of them for the first time. So let's do that. Let's consider what God will have us to do. Let's uh, bow our heads together and have a word of prayer. Let's stand together to give an invitation.